What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, as always, Jack Vita. We are here on the 11th day of 2022, here in the month of January. It's a night after the college football national championship. College football season is over. We are right in the thick of things. We're right about to get things ready for the NFL playoffs. We're going to talk about that today. We got a lot of coaches and some general managers out in the sport of professional football and some interviews, some coaching searches going on. We're going to talk about plenty of that, probably some other stuff along the way. If you guys enjoy today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show, wherever it is that you get your podcasts, and log on to my website, jackvita.com, for more content at this time. Let me welcome in our guest, so he's been on here, uh, I think he was on maybe five times last year. So he was on a few times last year. Uh, he's been a fan favorite of the Jack Vita show. And people don't know, he played five minutes of college football at Valparaiso <laughs> University too. Please welcome Jake Poliga. Uh, thanks, Jack, man. I'm excited to be back on. Thanks for having me as always. So let's set the record straight on Valpo football. Let's do it. Big time. I mean, you were, they were pretty pumped about you. It was like, this is a great recruit to come to this program. What other offers did you have at the time, Jake? Um, So I was really shooting for a D1 offer. I mean, that's kind of the goal for any kid coming out of high school. Um, so Valpo was the only D1 offer, which D1 non-scholarship, you know, it was a, there's an asterisk there, but um, so then I had, a, I had an offer from uh, Tiffin from Finley, you know, in the um, Grand Valley States Conference in D2. Those were probably my two best offers outside of them. And then a couple uh, a couple solid D3 offers. And, I mean, if I had to do it again, Jack, I think uh, I, I probably would have gone the Division two route or maybe even Division three route and just had fun just because being Division one, it was, it was the goal, obviously, but thinking back on it, like, I just wanted to have fun. I'm not going to go to the NFL. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to get dominated out there every, every Saturday. It's, it's tough. You know, I was, we were an incredible high school program. So going to college and losing a bunch was just, it kills the whole thing, man. Kills, kills yeah. your love for it. Yeah. Tyree Thomas. Did you ever meet him? No, I didn't. Okay. He transferred to Valpo from Tiffin. So, oh, okay. Yeah. But Year anyway, after? No, he was there like he and I transferred at the same time. So he was like my he's one of my best friends from Valpo. We were transfers together and we were in the comm department. So we would hang out all the time. We didn't know anybody. We came in and we're just like, oh, we're both the same age. We're transfers. We love sports. The same program. So Tyree and I would hang out a lot. And uh, then he but he wasn't eligible. And that was your freshman year. So he, he had to like sit out for the semester and then he was able to start practicing right after you made your decision to leave. So Jake made his decision to leave to do what he loves and have a good time at Purdue. <laughs> yep. And uh, I mean, it was tough. It was tough to let a lot of people down, especially my coaches and obviously, you know, my teammates, but uh, you know, I, I don't regret any of it and uh, am where I am today because of it. Yeah. I don't think you care that much. <laughs> about what they felt about that. <laughs> I uh do I mean honestly I had a really good bond with Chikini and uh yeah, Mirren good. actually Co- coach Mirren no one really no one really liked him on the <laughs> especially especially as receivers because he was tough but he would always invite me in this was like probably three the last three weeks of the season he was inviting me in to play uh NHL with him before oh. practice before meetings every day and I did it we playing like every day before meetings and uh when I when I told him or when I told Chikini I quit, I told Marin and he, he was just pissed, didn't even really shake my hand and and uh it was tough. He was he was not happy. Well Jake was they redshirted Jake and they were thinking they're gonna have this great quarterback for four years and they had him for none. So <laughs> <laughs> uh yep, I wish I got I wish I got out there at least. The only game I got out there was we played a non uh non FC or non NCAA <laughs> program. I think we won by like a hundred or something. College of Faith. Yep. David Morak got in that game. <laughs> I didn't even throw the ball. They just let me <laughs> made me hand it off every play. Oh my gosh. Good times at Valpo U. So 
Jake is very knowledgeable about football. He's been on here a bunch. We've talked college basketball and we've talked plenty of baseball. So, Jake, let's get started with this college football national championship. And obviously, we're pressed for time and we're going to try to cover a lot of subjects. So we're going to move rather quickly through some of this stuff. We aren't going to be as deep and comprehensive as we sometimes are, but that's okay. We're going to try to be as precise as possible. Jake, thoughts and takeaways from last night. The Georgia Bulldogs are your national championship champions. And that's for the first time in 41 years. Uh, Number one, Jack, I'm so happy for Stetson Bennett. Uh, I was rooting for Bama. I had Bama and I I thought they were going to win that game handily. And I still think they do if Jamison Williams is in the ball game, but I can't not be happy for Stetson Bennett, man. His, his journey is going to be a movie one day. And he just, I mean, he, he played well, he played fine and played, had a couple of really nice deep balls and, and I'm just so happy for him. But with that being said, it's tough. It's tough. I had a, uh, had a lot of stake in Bama is telling everyone Bama rolls. You know, it's just they had the <laughs> best player in the field at all times with Will Anderson and Bryce Young, the obvious coaching matchup. And, uh, you know, once Jamison Williams went out, it's just a completely different ball game. You know, can't throw deep and those, those young receivers, no chemistry with Bryce Young and Bryce was dropping dimes in there almost, you know, like the entire night. And it just, they couldn't make plays. The moment was too big for him. So, you know, happy for Georgia, happy for Stetson Bennett. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, I think Bama's the better team. Well, it's tough to beat a team twice in the same season, especially over the course of a little over a month. I think there was maybe like 38, 39 days in between their last meeting. And, I do think that because Georgia had that very humbling experience right before going into the postseason where you had some commentators saying maybe they shouldn't be in Oklahoma. I know uh, Emmanuel Acho was one of the big guys who was like Baylor should be in as the Big 12 champion. And there were a lot of people who kind of had those uh, takes out there saying that uh, Georgia, maybe they're not even that good. Uh, I think Connor Ennis may have even said Notre Dame should be in over Georgia. Yep. I, Con, I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you backed me up on this, Jack. Con said uh, <laughs> that Georgia shouldn't be in after that <laughs> loss. And I was like, dude, come on. <laughs> no so, way. So they were like, I mean, they were, there was a lot of disrespect. I mean, I, I've sold some of my Georgia stock then because I ended up picking Michigan to win the whole thing. I thought Michigan was going to come out and I thought it was going to be a great game, but they just absolutely manhandled Michigan. This Georgia team, the fact that they had to taste that defeat, hear all that talk for the last month. And especially for Stetson Bennett, where you're hearing the word, the term game manager being used for him. You're hearing, Maybe they should put JT Daniels back in. And there was all this and the, you know what? They went out and earned it. I think it's hard. Like I said, it's hard to beat the same team twice on neutral turf in the same stretch of a month, but at the same time, and and I know that Bama, they had some injuries. You got to give the dogs a lot of credit for, for finally breaking through and winning this thing for the first time in 41 years. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's so, so easy to be happy to root for a, you know, a walk on who's been doubted by his, not only his, you know, not only everyone, not every other, every, all these coaches, but the whole fan base has just been continually doubting him throughout the year. So I'm really happy for him. And, you know, I, George has got some really good players in the Kobe Dean. It was exciting to watch uh, Jordan Davis. And then I think Pickens is going to be a star, you know, just with that one catch, you can tell he's not, hundred percent. It doesn't seem like he's cutting right, but he's just a freak. And so I'm excited for him too. And the biggest takeaway for me though, is Jamison Williams. I'm, I'm sad about it. You know, he's my favorite receiver come out of the draft too. And and now word is that he might even stay back at Bama, which I'm, I'm, I'd be excited about that. I think it's interesting. I was, you know, we have our group chat and I mentioned our, for our good friend, Connor Ennis, uh, a moment ago, and we we have our group chat. It's always uh, it's always a fun time. There's a lot of debates and <laughs> some uh, hot takes and a lot of good analysis for that matter, too. And one of the things I was thinking about, I think Connor actually brought this up. It's kind of the idea of if these guys get injured, 
because of the fact that it's January right now, you're, you don't go into camp until August. Now, obviously, if you're a guy, some of these injuries are can be something that take a very, very long time to come back from. But it's not exactly the same as baseball, where you're playing just such a marathon where your season could end in November and then you got to be back at spring training three months later. Um, I was thinking a little bit about how some of these guys can get injured in a bowl game and or in a national championship, and they can come back actually pretty fine. And I think that probably happens more often than not when a guy gets injured is he ends up being okay. And I don't, I think most of the time it probably doesn't influence too much of his draft stock. I mean, it, it changes it in the fact that he's not, he might not be able to work out at the combine and that's going to influence it. But the, the injury status, I think most of the time you like for, for Kenny, uh, no, sorry, not Kenny Pickett. Um, Matt Corral. I, I don't think Matt Corral's stock is going to change. I don't think, I don't necessarily think it's going to either. And I think you're right on that. Like, I think, especially as a quarterback, um, you know, Matt Corral's his legs are a big part of his game, but it, it just doesn't seem like it does happen that that often. Even Jalen Smith, he had uh, he had severe nerve nerve damage and everything like that. So people were saying that he might not even be able to play again, and he fell to what it was like first or second pick of the second round, I believe. And I mean, he was a top five pick, but still, it's not you know falling to day three. So yeah, I think you're definitely right on that, and I think. If I were Jamison Williams personally, I would come back to college, rehab it, not even play in the first, you know, five or six games, not even risk it, you know, kind of come back, get a, get a little bit of a groove, be in a snap count for the end of the regular season, and then go win a national championship. You know, family is going to be back there, and you're going to have that stage to, to, you know, boost your stock. And this is such a deep wide receiver class. I could see him just being the fact that no one's seen him after this torn ACL, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a close time frame. He's probably not going to have a monster rookie year because he's going to be rehabbing. And so I don't think it'd be a bad idea for him to come back though at all. Yeah. I think the ACL is obviously different from so like an ankle injury that Matt Corral suffered. Um, so obviously this is a little different than some of the other examples, but I was just thinking about last year we saw Jalen Waddle, uh, hobbling around, limping around, and he ended up being what sixth overall pick. I mean, he's like that's a top a great 10 point. Pick. Yep, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, he was he didn't play much during the regular season. I don't think either, and he just shined in uh, you know in limited opportunity, playing a little bit hurt in the national championship or in the and the playoff, and and yeah, ended up being what sixth pick, seventh pick. Yeah, he was a high pick. If I was an executive, which I'm not, thank goodness for an <laughs> NFL team. But if I see a guy who says, I want to play, that attracts me more to him than a guy who says that. Uh, not to say that I would write someone off and say, oh, they don't love football or anything like that. But if I see a guy like Matt Corral who says, you know what? I want to finish this thing. I want to win a Sugar Bowl. Like that is the DNA of the Tiger Woods and the Michael Jordans and the Tom Brady of the world. No, I could not agree more on that. And I was even saying that before the game. Um, I think I had this argument with, with one of my buddies. And then we talked about it later with Jordan, I think. But uh, it's, you know, this Matt Corral saying those things in the media, going out there and saying, like, I couldn't let my teammates down. I couldn't, you know, I had to play this like for my teammates and all that. That says so much. That's, those are the intangibles people talk about. The court acquisition is 50% mental at least. And, you know, that's part of it is being a great teammate and a great leader. And that's, you know, I, I, I think that only boosts his draft stock if he doesn't get hurt. And then I think, you know, playing that game, that fact that it's not a severe injury, I don't think his draft stock is going to fall either. So, Jake, uh, to put a bow on this national championship before we move to some NFL stuff, uh, again, Georgia Bulldogs, I think I, I do think they were the best team this year. I, I mean, I guess it's kind of like one A and one B. It this is a situation where it'd be fun to see like the uh the trilogy and see the third installment, what would happen. This was a much better game than the last game we watched a few weeks ago. Um, and it was kind of slow, honestly. I think a lot of people were saying it was boring. 
And then the second half was really, really, really fun to watch. I think part of the reason why it felt so slow was really all of the ad breaks. If this game was being played on a Saturday afternoon, you would not have been bored by it. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And I don't think it was a boring game. I mean, the regular no. fans going to think that, but like there was so, so much action in the second half in itself made up for anything you want to like anything you want to say about the first half. But to your point about the better team, I uh, you know respectfully disagree there. <laughs> I I, th- I think with Mechie, I think the difference in this first game and second game, you know Georgia could have been they had, didn't have much to play for in that first game, and obviously, and so you know they could have been playing a lot harder this time. But Mechie, Jamison Williams, two elite receivers on the edge. You're missing those two guys in college football. Those big time receivers are just game breakers. And Georgia's DBs—that's the you know weakness of their psych or weakness of their defense—and so I think that uh, that played a big factor there, Jack. <laughs> yeah, it, de- it definitely did. I'm not disputing that. I guess to me, I don't care that much because it's like the it it happens a, a lot of time where the better team does not win. So they're oh, the national absolutely. champs. I don't know if I would say. I don't know. I think I'd like to see the th- trilogy. I think I think absolutely it was, that would be my, amazing. My takeaway was these were the two best teams in the sport. There wasn't anyone that could hold hold a candle next to them. Uh, I thought that I thought Michigan was going to be on the same level with those guys. I'm glad Cincinnati got a crack at Alabama, and I think they actually uh, they carried their weight in that game. They weren't, you know, they gave them a nice little challenge. These were the two best game best teams in the sport. Okay, Jake, uh, before we end on college football i want to play this clip this is from garrett powell uh a good friend of the show he's been on uh now about five times and he was previously on the bachelorette he played a little bit of football in college and this was his bold prediction that he made on october 18th 2021 take a look at this i have a tinfoil hat prediction on what's gonna happen okay that's gonna be Bama and Georgia are going to meet in the SEC championship game. Bama is going to hand Georgia its first loss. Therefore, Bama is going to jump to the number one ranked seed, being the SEC championship. Georgia is going to be number four ranked or number three ranked. Either way, I think they're going to fall to number three ranked because I think uh, three and four are both going to be one loss teams is my prediction. So Georgia is going to bump to number three. Bama is going to be number one. So then – Bama and Georgia are going to meet in the national championship game, and Georgia's going to beat Bama and win the Natty. That's my prediction. You, you love the bold predictions. It's like yeah, you like it's like you're posing. You're like, all right, Jack's going to put this on his Instagram account in three months. I'm going to look so smart. <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm, one, I'm batting a thousand so far. So, how about that? That's, Jake? that's incredible, man. I mean, <laughs> wow. Hey. <laughs> I'm glad you saved that and everything. That's cool. And that's, <laughs> that's a hell of a prediction right there. <laughs> it's the same guy who said in June, he said, I'm calling it right now. The Atlanta Braves are going to win the National League this year. Wow. So I hope he's but, got some good lottery numbers, and I hope that yeah. that kind of stuff is legal in Alabama where he lives. <laughs> he's having a pr- pretty good two years right here. <laughs> it's a great year for 2022 or his years. <laughs> I think it's a pretty great year uh, I got- sports year for the uh, state of Georgia. Absolutely, dude. I mean, this is – it sucks because as a Phillies fan, you know, <laughs> Braves go win it all, and then uh, and then I'm putting all my chips in against, against Georgia, and they do it. But, hey, good for them. They deserve uh, it after, after the Falcons <laughs> in this last 10-year stretch or whatever. Yeah, well – yeah, <laughs> we won't talk Falcons today. Okay, Jake, uh, next place I want to go for football, and then I'll let you kind of take the reins and lead us wherever you want to go. I would, I just want to touch on the Sunday night extravaganza. You had this game with the Raiders and the Chargers, and everyone seems to be coming down on Staley, the Chargers head coach, for his decision to try to win the game. And to tell the truth, my takeaway from this, and I know, look, I know a lot of people are going to say, Jack, you're a biased Steelers fan. Maybe there's a little bias here. But to me, 
And I'll, I'll, I'll say this first. I don't think the Steelers should be in the playoffs because I don't think you should have seven teams in each league, each conference making the playoffs. And I thought that the Steelers beating the Ravens on Sunday was the perfect way to end Ben's career. They're going to go play Kansas City. I feel like we're wasting time with these extended playoffs to have another 2-7 matchup. You're just wasting time. I know they're going to make a ton of money off it. So that's not really the thing that I'm concerned with. I think I got it. My perspective is a lot of people were watching that Sunday night game. It seems like more people were rooting for a tie than a winner. I get that. I get wanting to see something that you've never seen before. And of course, in this case, if they had tied, both teams would be in the playoffs. What I do not understand is people rooting to want to see these teams try to tie. That's the thing that I don't get because after at the end of that overtime game, it's like we're the Raiders, which by the way, the Raiders do not, if they end up tying, there's a huge difference between them playing, going on the road to Kansas city and allowing a, a, a division rival to get into the playoffs. If they don't try to win that game versus because they win, they get to go to Cincinnati instead of Kansas City. There's a big difference there. I want, I mean, this is what we do. You play to win the game, in the words of Herm Edwards. Absolutely. I don't think, honestly, I don't think that Staley timeout even played a factor. I know no. people, the media's blowing it up. People saw the clips of uh, Austin Eckler and, and uh, Max Crosby, I think. They, they saw him talking about it and reading the lips and everything, but I think there's, there's no way. Well, lost in the game was that third and six that they gave up like 10 yards to Josh Jacobs and got him in field goal range. Brandon Staley, the timeout was a good timeout. He waited until there's four seconds left on the clock. And then he calls a timeout and to get his defense set to stop. The, a third to do, down. To, yeah. To do exactly what happened. And realistically, like, Brandon Staley should be taking more heat for not just absolutely sending the house. That's you know they're going to run the ball there. If they pass the ball, it's just like there's there's no way they're going to pass the ball there. And were they and, lined up? To, I think it looked like they were going to pass on third down. Is that what? Do you think he thought they were passing on third down? He called the timeout to get set for a pass play, or do you think he he still saw he just wanted to get set regardless? So they were in the gun, and he had Jacob split to the right and. I, I, it looked like they were going to pass. Yeah. yeah. Third down. And so that's why I think you're right. I think he called the timeout there. And so I'm not really sure why, what everyone's thinking. Cause it was, he, he waited till there's four seconds left on the clock too. Yeah. Four seconds up on the play clock. And so realistically that like those four seconds, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure like where that even all came from too. Cause he waited until there was plenty of time for them to kneel the ball. They could have kneeled the ball and they just tied there. But yeah, I think that's just a bunch of nonsense to be honest. Brandon State is taking too much heat for it. People, people want to love him. People love him. Like the media loves him. And then a lot of people want to hate him just because of that. And because of all these fourth down conversions, everything. But realistically, I, th- I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's a rookie head coach. He's a defensive coach that is coaching a poor defense with, good personnel or margin, like pretty good personnel. And so I'm not going to over, you know, overreact on his, his fourth down calls, everything like that. Although that one on his own 20 was pretty ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I actually like to see it because, you know, we're, you and I are forward thinking baseball guys and sports guys in general. And I think we both have some old school thoughts and some new school thoughts when it comes to strategy with baseball. And one of my thoughts I has been, I'd love to see some team come in and say, okay, we're going to go for it on fourth down every single time, unless we're inside our own 30 or it's beyond a fourth and eight or something like that. You know, some kind of ground rules. And what you would probably see, I, I just love to see some kind of uh, front office analytical, and maybe someone's done it. I'm sure someone's done it before. But what is the percentage? What's the success rate? And how much? How many more points are you going to score as a result of this strategy? So I like seeing what Staley's doing, and Absolutely. I think it's convenient 
when you have a guy who's going to challenge the norms to gang up on him in a situation such as this one. Yes. Thank you. You hit it right in the head there. And I think two things that, uh, that, you know, some people may not think about is one, the confidence of Justin Herbert, that he's just feeding Justin Herbert confidence with every fourth down conversion that he gets. And every time his coach believes in him to go for fourth down and then the defense too. every single fourth down conversion that you get out there, the defense is just like, ah, oh, you know, those are backbreaking fourth down conversions. And at, on third down, the defense, it also hurts the defense. Like the defense on third down is thinking, all right, well, we got to stop him twice here now. So, you know, third downs aren't traditionally fourth down or third downs aren't traditionally third downs in that sense. So I love it, to be honest. And and I like him as a head coach. I Like I said, I don't think he's a great head coach yet. I think he's a good one. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Staley. And I hate to see everyone just ganging up on him. <laughs> well, I just think it's funny because in Major League Baseball, you hear this narrative all the time. There's this big anti-competitiveness uh, problem in the sport, which I don't buy because in order for your team, what these teams are doing is they're not trying to actively lose games most of the time. Obviously, there are exceptions to that. What they're generally trying to do is build up their farm system. And how do you build up your farm system? Well, you typically clear out everything you have at your major league level in order to get whatever value you can out of those trades and build up your farm system. And as a result, you probably end up losing a lot of games by doing so. And people like to say that there's a big tanking problem, anti-competitiveness. And yet I see these same people turn around rooting for teams to kneel and not try to win. I saw Jeff Passan, who's always on this thing about anti-competitiveness, tweet, Neil, you cowards. Oh my gosh. Did you see uh did you see Schefter's tweet? It was twelve oh there is a it was a twelve point deficit and he's like, Well, the Steelers can can celebrate. This isn't gonna this isn't gonna end <laughs> in a tie. And then uh one field goal and two touchdowns and an extra two point conversion later. Oh my gosh. That was that was a good one right there. <laughs> but I to your not see that one. Oh, you gotta look that one up. But uh, but to your point, like no one in the ML, no front office in the MLB is trying to lose games in a 162 game season when you're trying to sell tickets and when the draft picks don't mean there, you know, two versus three is pretty marginal. You know, it, when you're in that range for the first overall pick, maybe towards the end of the season, but it's it's not it's not like the NFL draft where pick three and pick seven have a huge difference. You know. No, obviously we have only so much time, but Jake, I want to know any thoughts on Chris Collinsworth on that game. And I'm a big Chris Collinsworth fan. I see. I didn't see all the, I didn't see like any, I think he was fine. I think he's, I'm a huge Chris Collinsworth fan. Yeah, I am I, too. Yeah. I didn't, I thought he was good on the call to be honest. And so I, I, I'm a big fan of his, but I feel like sometimes he gets in his head about an idea and then he just kind of sets his mind on it. So he doesn't, he didn't point out any of that when we're all the stuff we just pointed out about why they're going for it while they're, why they're calling a timeout. And I feel like because he, you're viewing the game through his lens, that's how a lot of these opinions are formed. And so I, I don't know. I just didn't think the way that he kind of called the end of that game was, his finest moment, but I'm a, I am a huge Chris Collinsworth fan. I don't want to, I don't want to criticize him, uh, but I, I guess I did. <laughs> yeah. See, I think for me, it's kind of tunnel vision with him. You know, I'm such a fan of the broadcast and it was nice to have Al back in the booth. So I was oh, just kind of, you know, yeah. Tunnel vision on, Oh, this is great. So I, I didn't really get to, I didn't really crit, overthink it too much, criticize it too much. But I totally get what you're saying because right at the beginning of that national championship last night, um, forgot who's in the booth with um, Kirk Herb guys. Street. Yeah, Kirk Herb Street. He uh, third play of the game, maybe he was he was talking about a little offsides. Uh, one of the Bama or one of the Georgia players being offsides, and I'm just like, come on, you can't nitpick everything the refs are going <laughs> to do here, or else everyone's just going to be pissed. People blame the refs enough. Well, Chris got in, he, he, at some point he was just like, oh my gosh, they might tie. And he got so locked into this idea. He just kept saying, 
I think they're going to need, I think they're going to run the clock out here. And I think he's like, I'm so surprised that they would call this time out. And it was just like, Oh, come on, Chris. Uh, that he was definitely fed into it. Yeah. yeah. That's what, that was my one. That's my one thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's a big part of the reason that everyone is, is blowing this up. All right, Jake. So obviously we've got a lot going on in terms of NFL uh, front offices, coaches, a lot of a lot's shaken up. Can you give me a little rundown of all of the jobs that have been lost over the past 48 hours? Uh, so we got uh, Joe Judge uh, yeah. b- about two hours ago. And then uh, obviously Nagy, you know, Fangio. Um, the biggest surprising one of all for me is uh, Brian Flores. I could absolutely not believe that. And uh, Coward was talking about it a little bit today. And I guess there was some, um, you know, some beef between the GM over there and Brian Flores because Brian Flores wanted Herbert. And yeah, Boomer was saying that the other day too. Yeah. So I mean, for me, that that tells me that the GM or that Brian Flores kind of, you know, this vendetta he's had for Tua, not starting him over Fitzpatrick the whole time, and and then the Deshaun stuff. That tells me there's, you know, there's more between that. You got to read between the lines, and I think. I think that's what ended up just getting him out of town. But as a Bears fan, I want Brian Flores. I want Brian Flores or Brian Dabble. And uh, and I think I'm missing one coach. Oh yeah, Mike Zimmer. 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 Yep. Yeah. That's another. That's another one that it not didn't necessarily catch me off guard, but I think that's a guy who's going to get a job right away. Oh, he's a good coach. We've gone on about this for for years. It feels like the whole <laughs> Kirk Cousins thing is Kirk Cousins elite. <laughs> And all that. Yeah. And we'll, so we'll open that thing up. But the my my thoughts on the Vikings, oh, as I've watched them over the past couple of years, you got a defensive head coach with a bad defense. And this season, they led so many games. Their defense led up. You have to make the decision. Are you going to go with Kirk? Or are you going to go with the head coach? And they could end up not going with either of them because their front office is out, too. They're cleaning house entirely. That's, I think, what was the most surprising of this whole thing with Minnesota. Yeah, I agree with that. And and the thing with with actually, I mean, if you're gonna get if you're gonna move on from Kirk Cousins, now's the year because this QB market's just one of the worst we've had in several years. With con- considering the draft and free agency, you know, Jimmy G is going to end up netting a second round pick, and I don't know that wouldn't happen in regular years. So I think this is the year you you move on from Kirk if if you can, but I don't know. You got a good thing going there. The offense is the offense moves the ball. There, it's a good offense. I don't think you necessarily need to move on from Kirk though. And and it's going to be a big time cap hit. I'm not sure if I'd do that, Jack. But I like the front office change. You know, get a, get some new minds in there. Well, they must really be out on Kellen Mond because they did not give him any playing time when they they had a chance to evaluate him knowing that they could be firing their front office and they could be making change i think they're gonna i think they're gonna lock in with kirk cousins i mean i don't really see what kind of upgrades are out there they have a really good thing going offensively so if they can and they're gonna have to transform their defense i don't know what who they're gonna end up picking up as their head coach uh but yeah that's the situation in minnesota you're a big Seattle guy with Russell Wilson. What do you think is going to happen in that situation? Are we thinking that Pete is coming back considering that we're now 48 hours out? We don't have any news on Pete Carroll. So what I think is going to happen is they're just going to stand pat and run it back. I Something tells me that that they're going to give Pete a different type of send off than what would what would be going on right now something tells me that pete might be coming back for one more year you know pete might retire something tells me he retires a seahawk um, what i want to happen is pete out and russell gets you know, you know eric b enemy or brian dable and and one of those guys you know an offensive mind and we get to see a completely different russell wilson than he's than his entire career which i'm hoping but uh, but I don't know. I mean, I think if the if the Seahawks are a you know progressive, forward thinking, and smart organization, they would think like that too. But it's tough, you know. There's relationships in sports too, and Pete Carroll's been there for a lot, and he's done a lot for them. So it's tough. 
I think it's got to take you guys. It's got to take more than one bad year to get rid of Pete Carroll. I agree. I mean, the thing is, whether you want to give the credit to Pete or Russell or everybody or the you know front office owner, whatever you want to do, you got to take a look at what the team's done over the past decade. And in terms of NFC teams, in terms of you, you had three three clear teams that have been the the best teams in the NFC over the past decade: Saints, Packers, Seahawks, and I just don't really know how you can shake it up and change everything, especially considering that there was not much history with that team prior to Pete Carroll becoming the head coach. They had that first year as rookie year as the head coach. They go in and they win that playoff game against the Saints. It was kind of like setting the stage of what was to come. So, yeah, I think that they're probably going to, I think you're right on that. I think they're going to run it back. I do think they'll listen to trade offers, but I don't know what kind of, trade offer like who is the team that's going to give up what the bears something better than the bears offered last year which was allegedly three first round picks and two starters are you talking about Allen robinson are you talking about khalil mack those two guys plus three firsts and they said no thank you to that trade offer um and then it so you're gonna have to give up something so substantial to get him and then it's a big cap hit, so you got to figure out the cap situation. I just don't see how, I don't see how that trade happens unless there's some team that maybe it's the Saints. Maybe maybe Sean Payton says, you know what, we need a quarterback. Let's go all in right now. Maybe that makes sense. But other than I that, would... I just don't really. I mean, maybe Cleveland, but that just doesn't seem like it makes sense. I think Washington or Pittsburgh would be nice, but I don't think Pittsburgh financially would be able to make it sense. No, Steelers make- can't do that. Steelers need to draft a quarterback. It's it's time to draft a quarterback, get young in Pittsburgh. But like you have a team like some of these other teams that we've talked about, like the Saints, maybe it's time for them to draft a quarterback. But I, I feel like I don't know if Sean Payton wants to see it through that long. Their roster is ready to win right now. Yeah, I think- exactly. Yeah, I think they're a receiver, a, a nice a first round draft pick of a receiver, or trade those all to all for Russell. That'd be ideal. But well, uh, they have to have. I mean, if you cut Taysom Hill and Jameis, and then one other contract, that should be enough to have Russell Wilson in terms of contract salary wise. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the most ideal destination as a Russell Wilson fan too. You pair him up with Sean Payton, and then you watch. You get to watch Tom Brady versus. Russell Wilson twice a year in those <laughs> epic in those epic Buck Saints matchups. That's uh that's what Roger Goodell wants too. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, so Jake, um obviously again, we've only got so much time. You are well, you have been a Bears fan. I don't know how you're still feeling about the Bears. I think that this situation is very interesting because my dad, lifelong Bears fan. And we were talking. Um, oh, are you good? By the way, you me, me yeah, yeah. Okay. My uh, my laptop charger just okay. My laptop's about to die, so I need to grab the charger. Okay, you're good. Okay, so my dad is a lifelong Bears fan. I told him that Ryan Pace was let go yesterday morning, and he was the happiest I've seen him when it comes to a Chicago sports team. It probably since the Cubs won the World Series. I mean, he was so. Like, oh my goodness, thank goodness, like this needed to happen. And, you know, we obviously want to, we, again, we're short on time. It's going to be very interesting because I think if they kept pace, nothing would change. And some might say that they still got to, you know, the McCaskies need to sell the team and Ted Phillips needs to get booted. And I hear all of that. But if that's not going to happen, you need a new executive running the show here. What I find interesting, however, is I heard this. I could be wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But I was watching the local news last night and I heard them say something to the extent of the McCaskey said yesterday, we are looking for the best GM and coach for Justin Fields. And my reaction to that is, you should be trying to get the best GM period. And the best GM is going to figure out 
if Justin Fields is the guy or not, not the best GM for a quarterback who went two and eight this year and showed a lot of, uh, a lot of red flags in his rookie season. Um, okay. I'm with you on that. So I'm not I'm obviously a bears fan, but I'm not a hundred percent sold on Justin Fields yet. I think, uh, I think he's, he's nice off script, but he still has a lot of these rookie mistakes and seems like he, the game, you know, the moment's almost a little too big for him. That's still a rookie thing, but I just don't think he processes that fast. Yeah. And I don't think instinctually he's sensational or anything like that. Um, I think he still could be a really good quarterback. And I, I love the idea of building around him because at this point we're stuck. We get, we've, we've, you know, you can't have another Mitch Trubisky situation. I, I think, I think bring in a, co- bring in an offensive minded head coach who loves Justin Fields, someone who, you know, loved him before the process. I don't know if Matt Nagy, you know, like, Mitch Trubisky at all. He could have just said that to get the job, but I don't know. I, I think, I think for, for GM sake, you can't really, you know, it's tough to get a GM who's going to, who loves Justin Fields, everything like that. Like the GM, we just need to get a good GM and, and hopefully this GM is, you know, here to stay. This is kind of a, you know, the bears are in a little bit of a rebuild and everything like that. So I want a GM who's, you know, forward thinking guy who's going to be over the future. Think about, you know, three years down the road, and I, I I get what you're saying. I, I totally get what you're saying. I'm not 100% sold on Justin either, but I think the Bears are just stuck. And, well, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's he, he's the only way out. But uh, but like I said last night, I think in a perfect world as a Bears fan, we uh, fall ass backwards into one of these first two, first overall picks the next two years and get Kayla Williams or Bryce Young. Yeah. So that, that's how you change the franchise around. Well, that's the thing is I want the best. I don't care what they're, I, I want the best. And then I want to find out what their opinion of Justin Fields is. I want, I like that. No, I like that take a lot, actually. Get me the best GM. And if the the best GM is going to look at it and say, okay, I'm in on him. This is how we're going to build around him. Or if you, you bring in the best GM and he's not in on Justin Fields then don't waste everyone's time. And obviously you're cutting your losses really early in this, hypothetical situation it's not going to happen at all because this is not how the bears are operating but i want the guy who's going to do the best job and then he can figure out the coach and then he can figure out justin fields yeah i'm with i'm with you on that and i think the biggest thing for me would be i want to hire a gm and then let him hire the coach because gm and coach yeah, exactly need need to be on the same page you know it can't be like can't be any Brian Flores stuff in there. And, and so I, I I'm all for hiring a GM first, waiting out the coaching situation. And who knows, we might even have to wait till chiefs are out of the Super Bowl. So hopefully Brian Dable's in town. <laughs> well, Jake, I mean, I would have liked, I would think the best situation is have a GM who picks a quarterback, who picks the coach and the quarterback. This should have happened a year ago before this whole situation. Now you're foisting. I mean, just think about this thing. Let's say Justin Fields, hypothetically, is not the guy. And it takes us two years or three years to figure this out. And the Bears are still stuck with him and just stuck in this situation. Well, how can you assess how well your general manager is doing if the quarterback that he's having to build around is not a guy that he drafted? It's just, it, it's the Bears, man. This is the McCaskies. It's, it's, I think this is why they had to let go of Ryan Pace because you could not have allowed Ryan Pace to pick his third head coach. And especially after seven years with one winning season and the worst record over seven years that they've had since the 90s. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's, it's the same thing as last time. It's just a cycle of just, freaking bears same thing as last time they hired they fired fox and then after they already drafted mitch and then they bring in Nagy, and Nagy doesn't get to pick his quarterback and Nagy goes four years here does really good with him at first but he never got to pick mitch so like and then and then you get mitch out the door and then you draft a new qb and then you hot and you fire all the guys again so it's just a complete tire fire man i think if i had, if I had to put my money down if i was forced to choose one direction the bears take that I'm going to, I'm going to put it down on them drafting a quarterback again within five years. 
I think you're right. I think that will happen. And then maybe again five years after that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it's probably just going to be a cycle, and then we'll have we'll have one one or two really good defenses around then and make the playoffs here and there. Okay, Jake. Uh, before we got about uh, ten minutes left. Yeah, 10, 10, 15 taps. Okay. So we got a little bit of time left. Uh, before we get to the playoffs, anything else in terms of this uh, coaching carousel, stuff you're watching for, thoughts on some of these other teams and their de- personnel decisions? Um, not not necessarily. I'm excited to see how it goes. I'm excited to see uh, what the Raiders do with Rich Passaccia, and, and I'm hoping he sticks around because I think he definitely deserves that job. All right, and uh, Joe Judge is out from New York as of a few hours ago. I don't know what the Giants are doing, man. I mean, this is just... Here's the thing. This bear situation, I don't think, is very appealing. If I... Like, a lot of people say, big market, that's appealing. I would rather go somewhere where I'm going to have less people criticize my performance and my job than somewhere where more people are going to do that. That's me, especially in a social media age. Like I would rather move to Jacksonville and work in Jacksonville than, and that's that's not even talking about the other perks of moving to Florida versus Chicago right now and all that. But I just think I don't know what how you make that job desirable when you only have two years and then you're shown the hook. Um, it's a quick hook after only two years with a bad team and a bad roster. It's New York city. Both those teams in New York have been really bad for the past several years. I, I I don't know. I don't know what the giants are doing. I agree with you there. I think at least the bears are a pretty loyal franchise. And so they've got that going and the whole big market thing in baseball, that's absolutely a factor in football. It's only, it's it's traditionally a factor because free agents want to sign there, but at the end of the day, free agents are going to sign where a team's good. You know, you got a good culture. It's not just going to take the New York bright lights to get in big time free agents. They're going to have to build a good culture. So I don't think that job's very desirable either. To be honest. Yeah, I would rather go to Jacksonville. I would. <laughs> I would too. Abs- absolutely. I think the Trevor Lawrence. I think. I think the whole just Trevor Lawrence being there is. You know. I think it makes it the top two job open right now. Maybe. All right. Well, let's rank something else here. I want you to rank the playoff matchups this weekend. We have our super wild card weekend, and again. I've I mentioned this. I don't like the expansion. I don't think we need these two seven matchups. Obviously, if we do this for the next 10, 15 years, we're going to have some upsets. It's going to happen. But for the most part, it just feels kind of like a waste of time. Uh, I don't think the Steelers Chiefs game is going to be great, especially on prime time. What are your can you can you rank these six games from the do you want to start at the most excited to watch or least excited to watch? I'll start at least. I'll All start right. with Steelers game, obviously. And then and then I would probably probably have to go with the Bengals game. Bengals Raiders. I'm I like Derek Carr, I'm a Carr. Big fan, but I don't love to watch. I don't love to watch that offense by any means. He's got just not a aesthetically pleasing offense. And I love the Bengals, but the other games I'm pretty excited about. Um Actually, yeah, yeah. So I'd go. So next, I'd go. Who I should have done the other way. I'm, I'll, I'll start. I'll, I'll start at the top now. Okay. Niners, Cardinals, or Niners, uh, Niners, Cowboys is definitely my number one. I'm excited. I think the Niners pull off the upset. I'm excited to see Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy. I think there's a clear coaching, uh, coaching deficit there, and and I'm just excited to see what Jimmy G does. You know, this could if they win a playoff game, Jimmy G could be there next year. You never know. But uh, and then after after that, I would probably go. Actually, I got to go Cardinals Rams. I'd go in that second slot. I think that's going to be a really good game. Division division rival, obviously. You know, it's a big one. Um, you know, kind of the, the the third game, like we talked about with that Bama Georgia. Um, and then third, my personal favorite is uh, not maybe my personal second favorite would be the Eagles versus the Bucks. I think that game smells like upset. And wow. I don't, 
I'm not I'm not calling it, but I think the Eagles are going to play them really tough. And I know it's I know it's not a great matchup game for them. The Bucks run D is super tough, and the Eagles love to run the ball. But I just think I don't know Tom that the offense over there in Tampa Bay is just not really clicking right now. They don't have a whole lot of weapons right now. Fournette's not going to play, I don't think. And I, I don't know. I just think the Eagles are clicking at the right time, and and I think it's going to be close. I think Tom also uh, he's got something weird when he plays the Eagles. You know, it's it's uh, that super, last time they played in the playoffs was a Super Bowl. So I don't know. And we also uh, beat them in a Super Bowl like seventeen years ago. <laughs> wait, uh, when McNabb lost? Are you talking about yeah. Bucks over the Eagles? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I'm saying when uh, when Brady played them. In the Super Bowl when they had Nick Nab and T.O. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Donovan never never won one, did he? No. Uh, yeah, you were a bigger but, Vic guy. Oh, yeah. Vic was <laughs> my guy. But, uh, and then after that, what am I missing? One more there? Uh, yeah, we got the New England Buffalo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. New England Buffalo is going to be a great game. I think that could even be the number one game, but. And that's another one. It's like third game, you know, division rival facing off. It has to be number three, Jack. Got to put it number three above the above the Bucks game. Okay, a little different of opinion for me. I'm most amped up for. I'm with you on Arizona and the Rams. That's the game. It stinks that we have to wait till Monday night. Honestly, why not? If they're gonna break this up and put it on an extra day, why not put it on Friday night? Like that'd be yeah, kind of cool. I'm like, here people- for that. People would be itching. It's a it's a one game standalone thing. Not not wait all the way till Monday night, and then you got a short week the next. I, no, I don't like that. Um, I think that's the best game. I think New England Buffalo would probably be two for me. I think the other third would actually be the Bengals Raiders game because I feel like that's a winnable game for both sides, and it's kind of like some fresh blood. You have a, a Raiders team that hasn't had success in the postseason in a very long time. You have a Bengals team that hasn't won a postseason game in over 30 years. So there's some storylines there. How long, how far can Derek Carr take this team? Because I mean, we, you, I, I said, I think he should be in the MVP conversation. I said that earlier in the, earlier in the season, he's not going to win the award. Um, I would put that three, and then the other three games are the three games that I actually don't have a whole lot of interest in. I think I think both 2-7 matchups aren't going to be very thrilling. I feel like the Steelers... I, I could see a situation where with Kansas City where Kansas City's up 21-6 at half and the Steelers make it interesting in the second half, but it's not enough and they're going to end up losing by 10 or something like that would be... I think that's your Sunday night game. I think... The Bucks, even though they're nicked up, I mean, the Eagles just got blown out by the Cowboys real recently. I don't think that that's going to be a good game. And then, you know Eagles what? Backups, though, Jack. Let's that's be, true. Let's, let's be fair. That's true. Yep, that's a fair point. <laughs> I didn't watch that game. I just saw the score. So, oh, it I was, didn't it, know it, that. <laughs> it, it, it was a disgusting game. It was all the Eagles' backups. Okay, maybe you're right. I mean, you definitely watch a lot more of these teams and this league than I do. So I'm yeah. a big, I have a, I have a bias for the Eagles though. You see right, right there. It's just something about the uh, city of Philadelphia. gets some good <laughs> mojo going into baseball season. He's got Jimmy Rollins Jersey. Is that signed? Uh, yes, indeed. It's uh, signed thanks, Jimmy Rollins Jersey with two the Mornies. Yep. Oh man. Where's mine. I want to, I want a Ryan Howard Jersey. <laughs> uh, this is back in the day, Jack. I think it was a birthday <laughs> present from him. That's sick, man. It's pretty sweet. Um, okay. I actually, and then I don't really care. Okay. Here's the thing. It's more of a burnout thing. It's not really the matchup. The Cowboys have been a national game in Chicago and probably everywhere. Every single week of the season. I cannot think of a time this season when a Cowboys, the Cowboys have played and I've been unable to watch. And in a lot of cases, it's been the only game on. So I'm just bored of watching this team that I think is going to maybe they win this game. Maybe they don't. I don't think they're going to do significant damage in this postseason. I'm 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 not I, I'm not a hater or whatever. I'm just burnt out. I'm tired of it. I'm with it too you much. Hundred percent. I I think they could get bounced in the first round, if not in the second. I don't think yeah. they're 
They're just not, and they're not rolling right now. Yeah. Simple I mean, I, I like Dak. He's fun to watch, but their defense isn't fun. <laughs> but they got some fun players, but their defense isn't, their defense has let them. I mean, they, their defense has failed them several times this year. They're a team that just, it feels like their ceiling is clearly capped. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, and it's kind of like watching some crummy reruns on every single night. It's like, <laughs> this is probably what it used to be like when there are only two channels on TV and there's only like one thing you can watch. That's how I feel. Like, give me, this is a streaming era, baby. Like, I want to watch, if I want to watch something that's a little more like, like, that's kind of why I want to see the Vegas Cincinnati game. Cause that's new. That's fresh. Like those teams aren't on very often here. So yeah, I'm with that. I haven't said uh, that. I mean, the Cowboys game is going to rate amazingly. Like, oh, I, yeah. that, there's a reason Cowboys, why Niners, they do that. Big brands and everything. Yeah. There's a reason why they do that, and I get it, but I don't enjoy it personally. Yeah, not every that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, real quick, you want to give me some picks for this week? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm taking the Niners uh, plus. Money line, you're, you're talking uh, spread picks or just game picks? Whatever, whatever you want to do. I don't care. Okay. I don't have okay. the, If you have the spreads, do you have the spreads in front of you? I think I know them. I think I okay. know them. I was talking to him, uh, with my buddy on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to, I think, I think the uh, Patriots cover four and a half there. I Patriot think. win? No, Patriots cover four and a half. I think okay. Buffalo wins close. Uh, yeah, include, I think, include the winner in that pick as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think Buffalo wins close. Patriots cover four and a half. I'm going to say the same thing about the Bucks. They're not going to cover eight and a half, but they're going to they're going to win. And then uh, I think Niners cover three and a half and win outright. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say the Bengals cover six and win. I just think the Bengals have some good mojo going right now. They'll be at home. Um, and then I'm going to go. Game okay, I'm missing here. Steelers. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. See, that's just too, too many. Personally, I'm going to go Steelers. I think that's too many points in the playoff game. Jake, you're on fire. I think I've agreed with everything you've said so far. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Am I missing any? Arizona uh, is oh. Oh, the Rams are favored by four. Yeah. See, that's, this is one where I'm probably going to go with Arizona too. I'm not confident in it, but I think Rams win close. I think Arizona covers. I could see the last second field goal 23 to, or, 27 to 24. Okay. I think that the only thing I might differ on you is I think the Raiders game might be a little closer, but I'm not super confident. Uh, That's one that I feel like, I think that's a game that's hard for me. I think the Bengals are going to win at home. I think the Raiders are capable of winning. I think it could end up being a really good game. I could see it being a, a really crummy game. I could see it being anything really. That's one I look at and I just don't, really know but there's something the the fact that it's mysterious to me is what i think i'm interested why i'm interested in it and then uh you said sorry what was your pick on the cardinals rams i I'll, i'm taking the rams to win but cardinals to cover yeah that's probably right i think rams so i okay your winners you have rams chiefs 49ers did you go bucks or the that was eight and a half on that one yeah, I'm going Bucks win, Eagles cover. Bucks win by seven. Okay, and then uh, Patriot, you you went Patriots cover, Bills win, and mm-hmm. then Bengals over the Raiders. Um, so I agree with all the winners on that. I'm also taking 49ers in an upset against Dallas. Nice. And I know you're gonna be lighting up the chat if that happens. Oh, Big Jack! Guy. If, if, oh my gosh, if Shanahan can. Uh, I already placed a little little future on the Niners to win the NFC. Hey, they they've they've done it. They've <laughs> they've the last time they went to the Super Bowl it was very similar team. Great pass rush, not as good this year, and then great run game, which also isn't as good this year. But you never know. They, they're they're a team that can beat anyone because they can control the clock, stay on the field, and they have a, an elite two elite weapons. Brandon Ayuk on the verge, but Debo Samuel is a game breaker. Game most likely to be impacted by a bad call. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Cowboys mm, game, maybe. <laughs> yeah, on, honestly, I think it's going to be the Cowboys game. I think the Cowboys, Cowboys are going to pass a ton, and I just, 
something about the something about Cowboys in the playoffs reminds me of you know the Des Bryant Des call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my sister's <laughs> uh, my sister's boyfriend Bear Coatman, uh, he's a listener of the show. His yearbook quote was Des caught it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that Romo, uh, that Romo, that uh, uh, when he dropped the when he dropped the snap. On the field goal, that was a playoff game too, right? That was, yeah, that was against Seattle. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I was on a a uh, winter retreat with my church youth group, and I think we were like racing. We had just had dinner, and we raced over to like this lodge area where they had karaoke. It was like it was basically like a scene out of High School Musical, like the start of the movie, the karaoke. They had some TVs, and that game was on, and I just saw the the replay of what had happened. I saw Romo <laughs> standing there holding on to his helmet. It's a tough scene in Jerry world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last thing before we go. Green Bay Packers, Tennessee Titans, that neither of them play this week. We will not preview the, any other hypothetical games this week. But Jake, I got to know Super Bowl pick. So I want to say Tennessee gets out of the AFC and make Khan happy here. And I think they really do have a chance, but I'm going to go with the chiefs out of the AFC and I'm going to go with the Packers to beat them. So I am also picking the Packers to win the Super Bowl because this just feels like the ultimate revenge tour for Aaron Rodgers. I remember Jordan, Jordan Mordini and I we're doing a, a, radio show back in like 2016 i think it was the year that uh jordan will probably text me i know he's watching right now but (laughs) we were doing a a radio show on the valpo uh radio network and we were doing our nfl preview and this was 2016 i remember jordan saying this and i agreed he's like after brady just got suspended and everything the whole deflate gate saga. He's like, this is the Tom Brady revenge tour. And they're just going to send a middle finger to the league. And I think that's what's happening with Aaron Rodgers right now. I think nothing is pumping him up more than everything that's kind of gone on on the field, off the field, his frustrations with the league office. And I mean, what would be better than for Aaron Rodgers, for Roger Goodell to have to, give the Lombardi trophy to Aaron Rodgers as well as uh, MVP. I think that I would just set off so many writers, so many media members, so many people in the league office. And you know that Aaron's loving it. You you know it's going to happen too, Jack. <laughs> I can just see it already. <laughs> I think it will happen. And by the way, he should be the MVP. Look at what he did with a lot of his weapons out this year. He does not have the same kind of talent that Tom has. Uh, although Tom's guys are now injured, um, Aaron Rodgers MVP. Okay, Jake, I know you got to run anything else. Yeah. One thing, um, this is going to, you're going to post this next year around this time, maybe a month <laughs> back. Caleb Williams plus 1400 right now. He's third, third highest odds, but plus 1400 crazy number. Get it right now to win the Heisman next year before he commits, before he ends up going to, uh, probably USC, but hopefully Georgia. But yeah, Caleb Williams to win the Heisman next year. Get it now. Maybe even parlay it with uh, Astros to win the division at even. So <laughs> if free money, Jack, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to repost this, this one as well. I do not encourage any form of gambling on this show. Uh, if you have a gambling I, problem, I please get help. <laughs> <laughs> I like to give away money. <laughs> He's the he's the uh, casino Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was fun, Jack. It was a great time, man. I appreciate it. Was a great having time. Me. Okay, we'll do it again soon. We got a lot of playoffs. Maybe we can get Jordan on here. The three of us. Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, and then we got college basketball just right around the corner. So, Jake, you are at Jake Poliga on Twitter. You guys should yep. follow him. Anything else you want to plug or promote before you say goodbye for now? Um, nope. Got it with Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, that's, I think that's all I got. Appreciate all right. it, Jack. All right. Thank you very much, Jake. So that is our show for today. That's my conversation with Jake. 
Uh, he's got to run and go see the new Kurt, Kurt Warner movie right now. He's pretty pumped about that. Uh, I've heard it's pretty good, so people should check that out. All right, guys, uh, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Follow along on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Jack Vita Show. Always looking to try to make people laugh, provide a little bit of entertainment and insights. Uh, probably be tweeting during the games this weekend, which should be a lot of fun. And uh, I think that's it for now. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're going to be, oh, I'm going to be, ba- I, I might not have an episode for a couple weeks. We might have something on Monday, but because of the super wildcard weekend, let's not plan on it. So plan on not hearing from me for two weeks because I'm going out of town. Uh, but we'll pick up right where we left off in a couple weeks uh, for the conference championships. So we'll do some preview stuff and talk some college hoops as well. Okay, until then, I'm Jack Vita. Take good care, everybody. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>